All right. Well, welcome everybody. Um, this is uh, the Pie Shops uh, uh, podcast series, and I'd like to welcome everybody here. Um, uh, this is one in uh, many, many that we're going to be doing, and we're we're trying to uh, help our members as well as anybody else out there with uh, their new business um, plans and. Uh, to get to that end, uh, today's subject is going to be uh, what every entrepreneur should know before starting a business. Now, we may not cover everything because that covers a lot of stuff, <laughs> but uh, there's some important things I think uh, that everybody would be interested in. Um, today's podcast is supported by Blue Dolphin Design and Engineering Incorporated, uh, serving the Central Valley, California for two decades with developing products and ideas. It's also uh, supported by uh, the Valley Community Small Business Development Center, which is a, for all of you uh, who don't know, is a free resource for um, uh, small businesses uh, uh, that you can use them for doing all sorts of um, uh, development of your business related to just about anything, marketing, sales, whatever the case may be, and it's, it's free service. Um, and of course, the regional law firm of, of Coleman and Horowitz, uh, who is a, uh, real strong supporter of the pie shop here. Um, and, uh, t- uh to that end, I'd like to welcome, uh, Brandon, uh, Humparzumian. Nice to see you. Good to see you again. Good to be here. Um, Thank you. Brandon, a uh, little, little bit of background on Bra- Brandon. He's, uh, summa cum laude, uh, California State. Fresno graduate, uh, Bachelor of Arts in Philosophy, got his uh, jurisprudential doctor at San Joaquin College of Law, and he's currently an associate in the Transactions Department of Coleman Horowitz. Uh, he represents companies and individuals in business transactions and general corporate governance. His practice includes business formation and dissolution, business restructuring, and mergers and acquisitions. Um, Mr. Hamparzumian also assists clients with their estate planning and wealth preservation, including business uh, succession planning. So all sorts of important things related to stuff we're, we're dealing with nowadays. So, so once again, welcome, Brandon. Um, we're kind of covering a subject here that uh, is near and dear to my heart because I've started a few businesses and gone through those struggles and wish I had known some things early on that I now know. And I know uh, we discussed a little bit before that for uh, the formation of business, when everything's just getting going, everybody's excited, everybody's working on their idea. They they think they're going to make millions of dollars and have that big exit or that huge company. But, uh, you know, so there's a lot of exciting, uh, nervous things going on there but what are the kind of things i got to keep in mind you know early on what what are sure. the you know what's important then sure and you know of course the you know the podcast today it's you know focused on you know advice that's applicable to the early stage of a business mm-hmm. from you know conception and formation all the way up to not including but all the way up to your series a round which mm-hmm. would be your first big round of institutional financing your venture capital round and so in that early stage at those early phases, a lot of people 
have this conception that there are no legal issues or there's no legal matters to attend to. And they think that because from an outsider's perspective, you look inside the corporation or the business and there isn't a lot of cash or there's no cash. Um, there's maybe no employees. Often it's just a few founders working out of their bedrooms you know, and, <laughs> yes. and, they, and they think that what possible issues are there to attend to? There, there's no need to, to think about it. And right. the reality is, is that a lot of companies don't make it out of that first phase. Sure. And there's a lot of companies who where it's inevitable, but there are some companies where they have the talent, they have a marketable idea or a marketable service, but because they're not putting in that planning, they're not putting thought into certain issues in that front end, these companies that would otherwise make it out of that first phase and scale, they end up failing. Oh, interesting. And, and, and uh, that's always unfortunate. And so hopefully we can cover today is just issues that, you know, that don't require you to go, you know, go sit in a lawyer's office and spend a whole lot of money. These are just, you know, practical things that you can just readily start thinking about and start applying. Well, I know that, um, you know, I like to say, and I have been through this a few times, uh, the agreements aren't when, for when things are going good. They're when, oh, yeah. they're for when there's a problem or there's a there's yeah. a, a dispute over an interpretation or something yeah. like that. And it's just like a patent. That's when it matters. You know, these agreements are that's when they matter. Yeah. Um, you know, a famous saying, you know, um, an oral agreement is worth the paper that it's written on. <laughs> <laughs> Good, yeah. and, and so, uh, of course, you know, you want to have certain agreements in. But um, before you can have an agreement, you got to have some discussions. You have to have a plan. And I think that segues us right into you know, a, a, a first topic. And, um, uh, before, you know, when, when you think of, when you think of an idea for whether it's a product or a service, whatever it is, you know, just coming up with even a basic plan. Um, what are you going to be making? What are you going to be selling? Um, how much is it going to cost, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to, you know, to bring it to market? Mm -hmm. Um, do you need, um, you know, do you have all the skills that you need, Right, right here, right now, or do you need to bring on a partner? Mm -hmm. um, how long is it going to take? Mm -hmm. um, you know, is this something that you can just you know get up and get going next week, or is this something that's going to take years? How you know, how much time are you going to have to you know quit your? Are you willing to quit your day job for sure. it? You know, um, how much time? And so, just coming up with that simple plan. Also thinking of, do you have any competitors? Mm -hmm. Are are you in the proper market where there's going to be a demand for it? And, uh, you know, coming up with that simple plan first before you go, you know, talk to a lawyer or talk to another advisor or when you're trying to pitch it to a to a, a potential co-founder. Sure. When you have that when you have that plan there, it adds some legitimacy and it can help with goal setting. I think that um, uh, you bring up a good point, you know, thinking about where you're going to go with your idea. Often one of the questions we ask these founders is, uh you know, what, what is your plan? Do you, do you want to just sell your idea to somebody else? Do you want to create an actual company? Do you want to manufacture this uh, yourself? Sure. Oh, do you yeah. want to license it to somebody else? They're, those are different pathways. They require, yes. require, require different upfront yes. thinking and, and, and doing. And there is nothing wrong with, with having, with always amending that plan. It can just be a fluid plan that always gets amended, sure. but there always has to be some plan. Yes. And, and, and all the co-founders know, okay, for right now, this is the plan until it's amended again. And, you know, this is the vision. The, these are the goals. These are the milestones. I think it's important. Uh, a, a lot of business owners hear about creating a business plan hmm. and uh, not everybody does it. Uh, I believe that, uh, number one, you have to realize a plan is just that. Uh, the minute you go to implement it, it will go wrong. 
So you have to be fluid, as you mentioned, and be flexible and mm-hmm. be willing to revise it. But 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 doing the plan uh, is in that in itself uh, allows you to address all of the potential issues uh, to some extent um, that sometimes uh, are incredibly important, sometimes not. But at least you look at them, even if they're going to change next week. You've taken some time uh, yeah. to to look at them. You know? Yeah. And, and a lot of time, like when people fail to plan, you know, they they um, they end up making some mistakes. Like you know, they end up bringing on co-founders they really didn't need, or they end, they end up spending money they really didn't need to spend. Um, and and just it, there's some things that they're kind of hard to walk back on. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so um, so uh, very well interesting. So I know that uh, a lot of people, you know, when they start off, they go, "Well, I need to incorporate because I need to protect myself. Or, yeah. I need to be in California. I need to be an LLC." Or yeah. What do I need to do? So, you know, what, are they, what, well, what do you think about? Well, a, a question that I, I, I um, often get is, you know, when should I incorporate? Not only why, but when. Um, my philosophy is always, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, if you're still in the stage where you're not quite sure if you're what you're going to be making, what you're going to be doing, if you're even going to do it at all, then, of course, don't incorporate. But once you get to the point where, you know, you are sure, you know, it's all systems ago and, and you want to start, you, you want to start going, you want to start. Um, uh, you, you want to start, uh, you know, whether it's coming up with a prototype or, um, you know, start, uh, you know, you know, building some things out, then, you know, I would say that's the time to, um, to, to incorporate. Um, I always recommend using some type of, of an entity, whether it's an LLC or a corporation. Um, if you're a person all by yourself, um, and you start off, you know, if you go into business, by yourself, um, you're just a sole proprietorship, which is just you. It's not a separate entity. Mm-hmm. There's no limited liability protection. There is mm-hmm. no separate entity that can, you know, um, take the hit for any type of liability. It's mm-hmm. just you. Um, so you better make sure, at the very least, you have a whole bunch of insurance if you're going to do that. Sure. And same with um, if if uh, you and I were to go to a biz- into a business together, there's two or more of us, and so we'd be a general partnership by default. Again, we're both jointly and severally liable. Our personal assets are wide; it's open season on right. our personal assets. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I always say to incorporate with some type of um, entity, whether it's an LLC, which is a limited liability company, or a corporation. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are the type to make it real simple, if you're the type of company that you know, you're a true startup, meaning that you want to, you want to, you have this huge market gap that you want to fill. You want to scale it really quickly. You know, eventually, you know, seek big institutional investment. Then I would say a C corporation is okay. is just the best way to go. With a limited liability company, just briefly, um, a limited liability company is a company that's owned by members, and uh, it's managed by either all the members. Or they, or it can be manager managed, where those members will elect a manager to manage it for them. Okay. And so the manager is just the president, CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one way of doing it. Um, LLCs are still relatively new. Um, corporations are, are, you know, are still more popular, especially among startup companies. Um, very popular for good reason. A corporation is owned by the shareholders. So, um, you know, the founders, whether it's one, two, three, you know, they'll be all of those will be the shareholders. And then the shareholders will elect directors. Um, often, it's the shareholders will elect themselves yes, you know, to be sure. the director. Right. And then the directors run the the long term goals of the company. And then the directors appoint officers. And again, you know, the same people will appoint themselves to the different officer positions. So, uh, okay, corporation. So, yeah. um, I am, of course, uh, familiar with uh, incorporating. I've done it a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Can you explain the difference between a subchapter S and a C sure. Corp? Sure. Um, it, it's it's a it, it's it's a total tax issue. Mm-hmm. Um, a C corporation um, by default, all corporations are C corporations, and so um, they're they're taxed twice. Um, you're gonna as a shareholder. Well, first the corporation pays. You know, pays a tax on on all the income, and then once the shareholder, once the corporation makes distributions to the shareholders, then the shareholders pay taxes mm-hmm. on it as well. And so the, there's there's that double taxation. Um, if you want to be an S corporation, an S corporation um, has to have you know fewer than a hundred shareholders. Um, all the shareholders have to be individuals. They all have to be you know United States citizens. So um, and if if you meet those those you know rules you know kind of strict requirements, uh, you, you can only have one class of stock. Mm-hmm. So there's no you can't have preferred shares or any type of you know. So um, it, it's for a very small, um, you know, simple you know with simple capital structures, and then you can elect to be an S corporation, which is a pass through entity. There's no taxation at the corporate level. Right. All the money just gets passed through to the shareholders. Right. And so if you are a company that's looking to start a business and just immediately start making money and it's it's going to be your only job and you just want to maintain it, you know, keep it level and just have that be your income, um, then an S corporation makes a lot of sense. If you're the type of a startup that, you know, you're willing to work on it for three, four, five years and not really make much money in the short run, but you're looking long term. You're looking to scale it, make it huge, bring on some institutional investors, mm-hmm. and then eventually, you know, sell it for something big than, than a C corp. Okay, you know, because well, as soon advice. as you bring on a venture capitalist or, or you bring on some institutional investor, you know, the S corporation election is going to be gone anyway. Sure, right. Yeah, yeah. good, good, good advice. Yeah. Uh, interesting so, to know that. So. Okay, so some of the other things to to keep in mind, you know, while you're why while you're sitting there going crazy trying to get your actual product out and get that thing developed, you know, what other things do you want to keep in mind? Um, well, you know, reforming the business. Well, an, an, another thing to keep in mind too is, um, you know, another another benefit. Some of the other benefits of, of incorporating. Something else to keep in mind is that once you incorporate, it creates a repository for. All of your intellectual property or anything that you're that you're developing. So, um, if you don't have that corporation for everyone to assign their their intellectual property into, you have a bunch of individuals mm-hmm. um, just just uh, you know working on separate different parts. And uh, also, having a corporation can add legitimacy. You know, it it, it creates a. Um, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a it's an entity that, that can provide you with limited liability protection. Um, mm-hmm. And so moving on, moving on, you know, to the question you had about, um, about other things to be thinking about is once you have founders, um, uh, or you know, whether it's yourself or, you know, especially if you have other people that are going to be co-founders with you is, um, coming up with a, with a founder's agreement. Um, and, and, uh, it's, it's start with the real simple issues. Um, you know, what, what are, what are our goals here? You know, like what are what are we really? Um, you know, what are, what are our short term goals? Our long term goals? What are our working styles? You know, um, am I am I thinking about putting in fifty sixty hours a week? And, and I expect that out of you. And, and you think, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm only thinking about putting like you know thirty in. You know, trying to see like what your work ethics are like. You know, can you work together? Um, I'm also thinking about. Um, um, when it comes to equity allocation, when it comes time to you know distribute the shares, um, you know who's taking what percent of the pie. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you know I, I've had people come to me and say, hey, you know, 
I'm the one that thought of the idea and I'm the one that got the team together. So I want 70% and, and the other founders are going to have 30%. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I typically advise against that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I typically advise that it should be the, the, the equity should be more or less equal. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because, you know, again, they'll, they'll say, oh, you know, over the last like three months, I've been developing the prototype, you know, or I, th- I thought of the idea. Well, all the work is ahead of you. Sure. You know, and good point. Yeah. You know, and, and all, all, and that's where the value is going to be built. And, and, you know, you might be thinking as a minority shareholder, you might think, oh, yeah, you know, he'll take 75, I'll take 25. That's fair. He's the one that thought of it. Well, yeah. after four years of toiling away. Right. Yeah. And you're thinking, geez, you know, this guy worked, yeah, three extra months out of four years. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's right. a drop in the ocean. Sure. Yeah. And then so yeah. it could end up, you know, and that's one of the things, you know, um, nothing can kill a business faster than, one founder thinking, you know, this guy, this guy's not working hard enough or, or Good this point. guy, this guy is making way more. And, and I now I want out. Right. You know, the, you, brought, you yeah. bring up a good point because I've been, I've been through this. Um, as a corporate owner, if you have to invest money into the business, yeah, then often, so you say, okay, I want to be 70% owner and you're 30%. Well, yeah. then when it comes time to pony up money, <laughs> yeah. then you yeah. got to pony up 70% of the money. Yeah. So there's always the two sides of the story. Yeah. If things aren't going so well and you yeah. have to come up with money to keep the business uh, floating, yeah. you may yeah. not be so happy to have that 70%. Yeah. So why not spread the, the, the wealth as well as the, yeah. the, the debt, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just know, knowing that, you know, in the future, when it comes to, you know, making sure that there's a, there's a fair and equitable distribution and more, um, more, more, you know, more on founders agreements, you know, agreeing on what everyone's duties are going to be. What's everyone good at? What does everyone bring to the table? Sure. Um, making sure that there's, um, some type of, um, vesting agreement put in place for the shares. Mm-hmm. And, um, with a vesting agreement, you know, typically it would be, you know, to use us as an example, if we started a corporation, typical vesting schedule is, you know, we'll, we'll both pay, you know, we'll both pay for all of our shares. Let's say I have a million shares, you have a million shares. Um, and we're both going to pay the money for all of our shares, but we're all, all of our shares aren't going to vest, you know, at the time that we pay for them. Mm-hmm. They'll vest. You know, over the course of four years, you know, each month, you know, the, the each month, one forty eighth of those shares will vest each and every month. Sure. And um, what that how, how that works is, you know, throughout the whole time that the shares are vesting, we can always vote all of our shares. But let's say that after a year, I decide that I want to leave. Twenty five percent of my shares will have vested. Right. But the other 75% will be unvested and then the corporation can buy those shares back at the issue price. Right. Which is usually just like a, literally a sure. few bucks. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so um, that prevents me that let's say after a year, you know, I get, I get, I get frustrated. I get lazy. Mm-hmm. I, I end up becoming just a, a horrible employee. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I quit or you have to fire me or whatever it is. Um, I can't say, okay, great. That's fine. I'm just going to walk away and, and hold my equity hostage. Yeah, sure, right. And, mm-hmm. and, and force you to buy me out at fair market value right. or at some ridiculously high price. Right. And so making sure that, you know, people have are incentivized to, to, to work, you know, hard for four or five years, whatever sure. it is. But also we, we, we both know that, 
you know, if, if one of us leaves, mm -hmm. the business isn't going to be decimated. Right. The, the, the remaining co-founders can, can, can pay the person out and keep going forward. And how many businesses I've seen mm -hmm. just, just in the, in the early stages don't have vesting put in place. Mm -hmm. And some guy gets frustrated or becomes a jerk and, and, and is basically able to taunt mm -hmm. the other co-founders sure. and say, Hey, look, you know, I want this much amount of money for my shares. I know the company isn't worth that much. I know yeah. the company hasn't made any money. Yeah. But if you want me out. Sure. Yeah. And how many people have just had to fold up? Because well, so of that? you bring up uh, bring up a very good point uh, uh, along with that. And once again, I've been to some of these issues. Yeah. But, um, uh, the uh, uh, there are also other issues that you may not even think are pertinent. For example, um, uh, uh, you have a, a partner that passes away, or something That's, happens yes, to them. Yes. Well. Do you just want the company going to his spouse or mm -hmm. his kids when they may not know anything about what's going on? That's, so this, these are things that probably should be, you know, you don't want this to happen. Nobody wants this I, to happen, but you should probably lay it out, right? I always build it out. I, I, I always have all my startups, all they, they always have vesting, always have share vesting, and there's always some right of first refusal. So if a, if a uh, founder, if a founder um, passes away, um, you know, the, the corporation has a right of first refusal to, if they want, you know, if they want to go to the kids or the wife or whoever else is des designated in, in the will or the estate plan, uh, the corporation has the right to, to buy those shares mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, bring them back to the corporation and then the corporation can issue them out to, but, you know, the corporation can say, you know, hey, we, we want to have control. Mm -hmm. Basically, the, the, the point is, the corporation wants to retain control sure. over and making sure that equity doesn't end up in the hands of someone that is just not an, you, an uninterested party. Yeah, an, an uninterested party, or you know, or, or just someone that just absolutely you know the, the founders could not get along well, with. Sure, that's important. And, uh, so you always want to have like a writer first, and you know, and you don't you don't need a lawyer to have that conversation. Just getting around a table and and saying, hey, you know, if one of us has to, if one of us passes away, if one of us has to move to a different country unexpectedly, if one of us gets frustrated, if one of us wants to go, you know, get our MBA. You know, and if we have to leave, what's going to happen? What's mm -hmm. fair to sure. everybody? Yeah. And uh, it's a it's it's a tough conversation. But I always advise people because I have sometimes founders say, "Oh, you know, like that's a that's a that's gonna be a tough conversation." And you know, if if it's gonna be that tough a conversation, that's maybe a hint that there's some underlying trust issues. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and, and it's, it's definitely a broken record. I hear this all the time. Oh, we've known each other for so long. We don't, we don't, we don't need anything like that. Yeah. That is a broken record. I hear it all the, I hear it all sure. the time. Yeah. Yeah. I well, uh, you know, so, uh, I, I, I'm sure everybody's listening here. They're, mm -hmm. they're absorbing a lot of this, but mm -hmm. you also might be beginning to realize that, uh, this is not a simple matter. There probably ought to be an attorney involved who can understand the proper way to set up a legal document. And uh, uh, additionally, if somebody else, somebody else, one of your other partners has his attorney write up the document, you probably should have your own attorney or get your own attorney or somebody you trust who's an attorney to look over it from your standpoint because they can be skewed and it may not be obvious. And uh, the law, the way the law works in, from my experience is, is, is not always obvious to people, and it's important to understand those uh, those nuances. You know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so um, uh, we were talking about uh, intellectual property. We we mm -hmm. briefly uh, uh, touched on that. Um, 
I, I, I'm going to be clear on a certain point here, and, and you can help me out with this. Uh, I believe the way it works with a patent is if I and another inventor uh, file for the patent, and we both of our names are on the patent, mm-hmm. we both have equal rights, full rights to that patent, even though some people may think, well, there's two of us, it must be 50-50. The reality is, as co-inventors, you both have equal rights to do with that patent as you wish, even if it's not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, additionally, you talked about a corporation owning the patent. I think especially in that situation, having the corporation own the patent helps define as an entity what happens and who controls that patent. Yes, yes, ab- absolutely. Um, you know, with uh, in, in addition to it, to a vesting agreement, um, attached to that always is something called that, that I always use. It's called a confidential information and inventions assignment agreement, mm-hmm. which is you know, to address that that very problem. Yeah. That if to if co if co founders have something that's been patented or way before they've got it patented, if they're just working on it, if they're working on a prototype and, and, and they're developing ideas, there's drawings, there's 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 you know some build outs of it. Um, if if we're not incorporated, and even if we are incorporated, if we haven't assigned all of our right title and interest in, in that intellectual property to the corporation, if one of us you know just leaves, yes, you know we could potentially be taking that take our interest with us, yes. Mm-hmm. And then um, a lot of people don't realize that. And I just had a case, you know, not not a case, but a matter recently where um, you know someone had had worked on the the uh, you know the company for years. And, um, you know, this person had had some help every now and then people would kind of come like he had, you know, kind of like contractors and employees just come in and out and, and help out. And then when it came time for him to finally go seek some investment, he wanted to go seek, you know, almost a million dollars, um, you know, from, from, a from, from, a, 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 an inventor, um, it was discovered that, um, you know, that, that unbeknownst to me that, you know, he had had all these other people touching, you know, or, or, you know, working on the. Um, oh, the project and yeah. had never signed any type of you know confidentiality uh-huh. and assignment agreement, and so we had to go back to all those people and get them to assign, mm-hmm. you know, or um, not, you know, or, or <laughs> I know that they were they were all able, we, were, we were we were able to do that, but yeah. we, we all got them to acknowledge that you know they never had any type of interest in it mm-hmm. because um yeah and, and inve- that's the first thing an investor is is going to do any investor you know worth their salt is going to look through to make sure that. What's all the intellectual property and does the corporation own all of it? Yes. Does and, the corporation and, own and, and if the corporation doesn't, then mm-hmm. can you satisfy us? Right. Can you, can you get it done and prove it to right. us? Right. Sure. And yeah. so, um, I, I, I absolutely think that, you know, like when you have a bunch of co-founders in, in their own little worlds working on a piece of the project, mm-hmm. owning their own little interests, um, you know, that's not really a company. No. That's more not conducive that, to getting that, things that's, done. Yeah. Well. And so, uh, so, so yeah, you want it to be very, very clear where there's no dispute of, oh, I, you know, I own 20% or 30%, I own half, I've been doing this. It doesn't matter how much anyone's been working, how hard anyone's been working or not. It's all a corporate asset. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, and, and that, and you know, and hey, if you're thinking, hey, you know, I, I kind of don't want to, I don't, I don't feel comfortable, you know, mm-hmm. assigning it to the corporation. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, if, if you don't, whether it's because you don't believe in, in your co-founders, you, you don't trust the corporation. Well, then, hey, maybe that, that that's a that's an indicator that hey, maybe you don't want to go in with 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 these other people. Yeah, very good point. Yeah, um, and so so yeah, you know, having these conversations, ha- having these thoughts, you mm-hmm. know, it it really um, 
it, it, it really kind of kind of kind of go with your gut a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, but whether it's uh, whether it's you know something that you feel comfortable doing, or whether it's something you should do. All, all the more reason for trying to when it's at least uh, peaceful, go through and create an agreement that you can all agree to, that you can all come up with. Sure. And uh, because when it's not peaceful, it can get uh, pretty ugly. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and not a lot of fun. Unnecessarily and, ugly. Yeah, unnecessarily. And, and, exactly. And, and expensively. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> expensive. Yes. It could have just been spelled out expensive. in the beginning. And, you know, you can go through the agreement and it's spelled out in the beginning. Then you don't, people don't even start thinking down a path yeah. that's going to take them to litigation or something. Exactly. And that's they just say, well, this is the way it's spelled out. This is what we have to live with. Yeah. Or they negotiate something different. Yeah. But at least it's understood from the beginning. Yeah. And, um, yeah. That's definitely one of the things that I've learned over the many years of being an entrepreneur. Uh, and I've learned this through some hard lessons, uh, that, uh, doing this up front and having some good legal, uh, you know, advice in the, in the background is, um, a really an important thing. And you may not want to spend the money, but, uh, it's one of those things, like you said, you get what you pay for. But, so, but you know, on, on that, on that note too, on, on, on that note too, you know, a lot of these documents, you know, this vesting agreement, the confidential information and inventions assignment agreement, the bylaws, the articles of the corporation, you know, all these documents, you know, are, are pretty, you know, more or less generic. Um, th- these are not complex, sophisticated documents that, you know, that these are, these are routine documents that, you know, that we, that we, you know, crank out for, for our, for our companies. We, of course, you know, go through each and every one of them, make sure that, you know, that it, it fits the company, but they're more or less generic documents and that they're not, they're not, you know, insanely expensive. Um, and, uh, they're, they work wonders. Mm-hmm. They, they help the company weather so many storms sure. and, and they prevent so many problems. They help you get to that point, to that series A point, or, or you know, they, they, they help you be able to deal with problems. Problems are, and issues are inevitable, but they help you to quickly, easily, efficiently deal with these problems. Um, and, and, uh, I, 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 there's just certain things like that. I just so recommend, highly recommend that yeah. you get in place. It's, yeah. it's the easiest thing. I agree. It's the, uh, uh, it's also the thing, as I mentioned, that, mm-hmm. that's most overlooked that people just don't yeah. pay attention to enough. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it is part of the purpose of the pie shop to try to bring this to people's attention and to help them through this process. That's why Coleman and Hor- Horowitz is a, uh, you know, a, a functional and, um, uh, um, uh, resource for the members because of the value that can be brought by this and make your life easier uh, throughout the process. I should mention that uh, members of the pie shop, we do have an agreement with Coleman and Horowitz where they get, uh, uh, we have special rates and things like that mm-hmm. through Coleman Hart, which is really pretty fantastic. And uh, when you're at startup and you're worried about spending money, especially this kind of money, um, and people are always concerned about hiring a lawyer that, uh, it's nice to know that there's some help out there for getting some of this figured out, uh, yeah. that you got competent people and that, uh, you can pay a reasonable price and then have peace of mind that this is sitting there and covering your back and not having to worry about what happens when things go wrong. It's, uh, it's nice to have. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, when it comes to documents like this, you know, I definitely wouldn't, um, you know, if anyone is is concerned that you know it's it's gonna it's gonna you know cost a you know a whole a whole lot of money and and things like that, you know, um, 
I wouldn't let that be a be a reason to not to not talk to a to not talk to a lawyer. There are a lot of lawyers, you know, that when it comes to these jet to these organizational documents, they understand, especially if you go to a firm that works with a lot of startups, they understand that sure. a lot of a lot of startups, you know, don't have any money to spend. And mm-hmm. so a lot of a lot of you know firms will do kind of the, a lot of this incorporation work and will defer a lot of the fees sure. until the company raises that first round of money sure. to pay back the legal fees. Sure. And so um uh, a lot of firms that again are, are geared towards startups mm-hmm. and, and they know what startups can be and they yeah. know the type of legal work that it can produce in the future. Yeah. Um, they're, they're not going to, you know, say, Oh, well, we're not even going to help you get off the ground because you, because you can't afford, you know, the couple thousand or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, like, you know, if, if you go to a firm that, you know, that does a lot of startup work, you know, yeah. they'll, they'll, they, they understand. Oh, the whole the, idea the, the is to be, pressure. the whole idea is to be integrated with the company. And as Absolutely. the company grows, their needs grow, then the law firm hopefully is part of who they think about. That's exactly what startup work is all about. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's from a legal perspective. You know, sure. I'm in it for the long haul. Sure. Excellent. And well, so, yeah, most startups should be. And yeah. um, if you're yeah. thinking through all this stuff, uh, this is definitely one of the aspects. So any other, yeah. any other things that uh, you'd like to add here? Um, you know, uh, things, things that I would add, just general housekeeping stuff. If you're a, an LLC or a corporation, uh, make sure that uh, if you have a personal bank account and a corporate bank account, make sure they're separate. Don't go, <laughs> don't go taking the family out to eat and then say, oh, "I forgot my debit card." I'll just use the corporate card. Don't go thinking, "Okay, I, I got to pay an invoice for the corporation. I don't have my corporate card, but I got my personal debit card." Don't be commingling assets. Mm-hmm. You know, treat it. You know, treat it with treat those corporate formalities with the utmost respect. Mm-hmm. Keep keep yourself separate from the company. Um, you know, make sure that you're, um, you, you know, you know, you know, make sure that you're having proper board meetings. Things are being properly resolved. Making sure, make sure that that you know all the all of the agreements you sign, whether they be share insurance agreements, contracts with independent contractors. Make sure that you always keep, um, you know, signed copies. You know, sign them, scan them in. Put them in a shared Dropbox. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing looks more amateurish than when it, then you know when it's time to you know go get some investment and then you know the investors they give me all your documents and you turn over documents that are missing signature pages because you lost the originals or they're missing dates or they're mm-hmm. missing there's you know it's like oh you know we we did sign a, a, a thing but I lost it so just keeping things in order and um, you know just make sure that that you're being a you know, respecting the corporate formalities keeping separate accounts. Um, uh, you know, you're, you're paying your taxes, you know, you're using QuickBooks. There's a lot of online applications to help, you know, help you, you know, with, you know, with, with your taxes and, and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, withholdings and things like that. Make sure you're doing that properly uh, before you start employing people and independent contractors, employees. Make sure you understand the difference between an independent contractor and an employee. And those laws I know have changed yeah, recently. There's a case called Dynamex Operations versus Superior Court. It's a case from the California Supreme Court, a landmark case that made it in this state significantly harder to classify someone as an independent contractor right. yeah. versus an employee. And so before you get into employment matters, like I can save a whole bunch of money by just calling them independent contractors right. make sure that before you really get to that next step that um you know when you get in these milestones and and you're gonna start employing people you're gonna you know venture out into new you know these new milestones make sure that any new legal issues you know you're really thinking clearly about and if you have any doubt about it just getting some just some quick advice you know on it because um, you know sometimes like for example with the employment you know independent contractor versus employee a misclassification could just be Oh, it, it, sure. it, can, it can it can be expensive. It can be bad. Sure, and then people so, ought to pay attention to this. I know this some, is a the laws have recently changed, and 
who you thought it was simple to hire somebody as an independent contractor nowadays there's uh, that line's been very has been pushed quite a quite a ways and you you probably should have that person as a as an employee yeah. in most cases it seems like so anyways another reason to yeah. to contact somebody who who yeah. has knowledge about this stuff yeah yeah so i'd say just the, you know the overall theme is to you know always have a plan um, always always be getting together with your co-founders get agreements in writing get those you know those duties those responsibilities get them in writing um, always feel free to amend the plan but always have one and um, and uh, you know keep you know good housekeeping policies keeping everything nice and clean and then um, you know that will help you get out of that first phase sure and, and you will become one of those companies that had the talent had the people had the idea but nevertheless because of a failure to plan or just a failure to do some due diligence you know um, uh, you know, you, you unfortunately don't make it out. Sure. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's always, that's always sad, but unfortunately it's a part of my practice is having to watch that happen. Sometimes. Sure. Yeah. I, I've been involved, uh, with groups who've been through investments and, uh, also been, uh, privy to many, uh, pitches. And, um, uh, one thing you got to keep in mind is, uh, you're dealing with smart people and they're going to want to know that, when they give you their money, that uh, you got your ducks in a row, and it, mm-hmm. and it includes not just your idea and not just marketing it, but that your team's in place and that you have the legal stuff behind it all in place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may not have to be perfect, but you really need to spend some time working on these things. And a part of your team can be a good law firm, and um, you know, help you help you yeah. help you launch, help you get there. Yeah, so, yeah. and you know. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're always available. Yeah. That's one of our, that's at least one of my slogans that, you know, we're, we're always available. So anyone has any, you know, any questions and, you know, if there's anything I didn't cover or didn't go deep enough in, um, I'm always available. I'm always happy to, to hear about entrepreneurs, hear about their ideas, hear about their aspirations and then letting them know, you know, it, you know, what, what makes sense for them to do at this point. All right. Well, uh, Good. Hopefully you guys uh, got something out of today's podcast. I'm, I know I did, and I'm sure, actually, probably most of you did, too. I really appreciate you coming in, Brandon. Thank you uh, so much. Good information, and uh, always good seeing you. Uh, once again, you can obviously uh, contact Brandon at Coleman and Horowitz. Mm-hmm. They're uh, here in uh, Fresno, California. Uh, also, please, uh, you can check uh, this podcast. will be on... Uh, the Pie Shop's website, which is uh, uh, the Pie Shop, T H E P I S H O P dot org, the Pie Shop dot org, and you can uh, view this podcast and our other podcasts there. And uh, we are definitely looking for good members. We like to call them product tours, product entrepreneurs, to apply and become part of this organization, and and have people like Coleman Horwitt and Brandon here to help help you be more successful. So uh, glad you guys all tuned in and we'll see you uh, at our next podcast. Thank you very much.